Have you ever thought that you needed to make a choice between having a wildly successful business and making a bold and lasting positive impact on the world? Well, my next guest says that this is no choice at all. In fact, you can do both simultaneously. Coming up next on Seven Figure Sister. Welcome to the Seven Figure Sister podcast. If you're a coach or consultant who is ready to learn how to strategically leverage the power of smart, savvy, and proven strategies to market your business, elevate your brand, attract and close high ticket clients, then let me tell you, you are in absolutely the right place. I'm your host, Dr. Avis, award-winning author, media commentator, mentor to ambitious entrepreneurs, and multi-seven-figure CEO. I grew my business from zero to six figures in less than nine months and went on from there to hit the seven-figure mark by strategically leveraging the power of both offline and online media marketing strategies and mastering the art of high-ticket sales. And guess what? So can you. Welcome to the Sisterhood. Hi, and welcome to today's episode of Seven Figure Sister. I am so excited to share with you an amazing sister in her own right, who is doing some incredible work in the world. It's my pleasure to introduce you to Bessie Graham, serial entrepreneur, impact investor, and all around brilliant badass. Okay, so welcome to the show today, Bessie. <laughs> Thank you so much. That means a lot coming from you. So I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> you are most welcome. Now, I want to start with talking about some of the incredible things that you have done because you are someone who really embodies making a bold impact in the world through not only your business, but also helping other businesses to do the same and other beyond businesses, major entities that we've all heard of, places like the United Nations, places like the Obama Foundation. Can you speak to some of the entrepreneurs who are listening right now to get them to understand that you don't necessarily need to have a quote unquote social entrepreneurial venture in order to make sure that your business actually produces positive results in the world that can literally last for generations. Sure. I, I mean, I think one of the pieces that's important connected to that idea of saying you don't just have to set up a social enterprise or run a charity to be able to be having a positive impact in the world is for all of us who are running businesses to just take a step back and kind of look at the roots of business. Look at how deeply human it is to trade and barter and, you know, have something of value or something that, that you are excited to bring to the world and, you know, engage with that. Business or commerce is such a human thing and such a, a strong part of society. And for me, the reason this conversation is so important is that if we just put that idea of doing good into a small box that is the role of social enterprises or charities or groups like the United Nations, then we will never have a chance of actually operating at the level and cracking these big systemic problems that the world is facing. It's going to take everyone doing their part. And so the truth is that business is an incredibly powerful tool for change in the world, for positive change in the world. But it's about us as business owners starting to become more conscious of that 
and actually feeling both excited about what we can do in the world, but also honouring ourselves and, and the importance of our role. It's not something to be ashamed of or hide that you're wanting to run a really successful business. It is actually when you're thoughtful and when you take responsibility for and really think about the impact you're having in the world, then that contribution is really significant. So for me, in over 20 years of work in what was originally called ethical investment, we've now kind of moved into calling it impact investment. But that role of building up the capacity of generally small and medium enterprises across the world, but for me, I've focused around the Pacific, that has been about saying, these organisations are really contributing, whether it's in local communities or at the, the level of a country as a whole. And if we help build out what is the environment that will help these organisations flourish, then we can do both of the things of make society, make the environment, the world a better place, but do that in a way that allows people to earn more money, set their families up, have that sense of you know, their own autonomy and pride in the work that they do. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love that. And, you know, it makes me think of, I often tell my clients and as many people who will listen to me <laughs> that your business really is bigger than you. It, it's really about more than you. It's about the lives that your business touches. And I think that's an important thing for people to remember, because oftentimes I have found that there are some people who kind of think that hmm, if you if your goal is to have this big, successful well-resourced business. I mean, hell, the name of the show is Seven Figure Sisters. So I, I'm really trying to pull people to think at that level. There are a lot of folks who sort of connotate that with, you know, negativity that, you know, they're the, now you're this big and all you're focusing on is money. But the way I like to think about it, particularly if you have structured your business in a way where you you are really making an impact on the world in one way or the other, we can unpack that in a minute. The reality is, in my mind, your bank balance is almost like a quantification of the lives that you impact. If it's really, really small, that means you need to impact more people. I mean, is, is that a good way to think about it? Yeah, especially if we've built a business where we're really clear on this idea of an exchange of value. So if I'm giving something of value that someone says this is worth paying for, then, you know, that is not something that is taking advantage of people. It is not something to be ashamed of. So it's about the consciousness again, coming back to what are the pieces within my control? As the business owner, as the entrepreneur or founder, you are establishing a culture. You are establishing the way in which you interact with customers, how you treat them. All of those things are within your control. And the best way to do this work well is to start with those things that you can control, the decisions you can control of how you spend money, how you make decisions. Then move into the things that you may not control them, but you can influence them, right? So we kind of work our way uh, into engaging in the world in a bigger at a bigger level of system. But the other thing that I think is really important, sort of connected to what you just said, is this idea, say we're a bit uncomfortable with being seen as someone who's incredibly successful or, um, you know, we're making our way up and almost taking or accepting that label of, oh, I'm a seven-figure entrepreneur or an eight-figure entrepreneur feels a bit uncomfortable for us. 
I understand that. I grew up in a very um, religious family. I grew up in a setting where we didn't have any money. I've had a job since I was 10. The, the sense of not just being handed things for many entrepreneurs, we've made this, you know, it's been a hard slog to get to where we are. But I, I would just get you to question. So if we pretend for a moment that it's actually true, I don't think it is, but let's pretend for a moment that it's true, that those with wealth and with money have got that because they took advantage of people and they're not decent human beings, they're not who we aspire to be. If that is the case, let's change it because I don't want money. I do not want money sitting in the hands of people like that. Those of us who are actually conscious should be the ones making decisions of where we allocate that capital, how that can have an impact in the world. So even if you want to for the moment, even if you can't shift fully the mindset that there's this discomfort with money, come back to what could you do if you actually had some control over where that capital went? And then, you know, just step into that and own what can come and what is possible if you actually have some influence on where that capital is flowing. Oh my God, that is such an important mind shift because, you know, I'm of the belief that honestly, there are good and bad people in every station in society. Uh, and so, you know, you can have good and bad people that don't have two nickels to rub together and you can have good and bad people that are billionaires. But I completely agree. It, it makes sense to say, hey, let's contribute to the number of people who have the means to make wise decisions around how to invest in areas that's going to make a positive uh, impact on the world versus people who may be about, you know, shenanigans. OK, let's just make sure that there are more good people with that type of coinage. So I'm, I'm all for that. <laughs> now, let me ask you also about this concept of sort of beyond the social entrepreneurial enterprise thinking, okay? Um, say that what we do in our business is not necessarily something where, okay, it's a very, very overt exchange of I'm making a, a good contribution to the world when people buy from me. Say that it's something that may appear to be more transactional. In what other ways can you think of uh, how those businesses can make a positive impact beyond merely, because I know you've talked about previously, you know, maybe just writing checks is not really the only or the best thing that you can do in terms of making donations to certain organizations to make an impact. Maybe there are some things that you can do within your business, even if it seems like a more transactional business, quote unquote, that still can make a positive impact on the world. Can you unpack that for us a little bit? I can. And, and the thing that's exciting about starting to unpack this is that if you make this shift it means that you don't have to wait to make a difference. You can oh. do it now, right? So too often when we have that approach that says, okay, when the business gets to a certain size or a certain profitability or I sell it or I have paid off my mortgage or we have all of these external factors, right? So we list these things. When that happens, I can be generous or I will be mm -hmm. able to set up this particular project that I really am passionate about. All of those things are good. And so, as you said, making a donation, being generous is a beautiful thing. And I would never be telling people not to do that. Mm -hmm. But what we're trying to open up here is just awakening that possibility of what can happen in the world if every business starts to see how it can do good inside the business itself. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So rather than having that approach that says, okay, the business is trying to make as much money as it can and I won't question how I make it or what what actually is happening as a result of me making that money, but mm-hmm. then once I have that money in my hot little hands, I will do some good, right? So that that approach sees the good as being external to your business and coming about as a result of your business becoming successful. Mm-hmm. What we're asking you to do here and in that shift that says you don't have to be a social enterprise, you don't have to be a charity, just do what you're doing, you know, live in that lane of where you're in flow and using your brilliance, but do it in a way that is thoughtful. So if we go to your example of someone might say, well, I make furniture, like I'm not not uh, out there having an impact and it's not even at a cheap price point, so it's not for you know, the average everyday person. Mm -hmm. Well, then if you're in that space and it's a product, for example, so you have that production type focus, you can think about the materials you use. Mm -hmm. You can think about how you ship that, how you package that, all of the components that sit within a business that is producing a physical product there are flow on effects, both environmental and, you know, like there's all of these pieces that it doesn't have to be that there's this neat line between what your business is doing, as in how you're making money, and that it directly impacts homelessness or education, right? So we don't, it doesn't have to be that simplistic. Mm-hmm. It's about saying that all of us are buying products and services every day, right? So we all have furniture, clothing, all of these things. So we need businesses in every space. Mm-hmm. But if you are making those tangible products, it's about diving into those things like your supply chain. So do you want to change some of the ways you were thinking related to, okay, I'm going to outsource and have this product made in another country where it's really cheap, um, but I'm not going to ask any questions about the conditions of those workers because I kind of don't want to know. I just want to close my eyes to it and, and not take responsibility, but it makes the products cheaper to produce. So we can start to make those kinds of decisions if we're running a business that, again, at first glance, we might say this has got nothing to do with making the world a better place. Like, what am I doing? Um, You know, how could I possibly take what Bessie's saying and implement that? That would be my response in terms of those very tangible production type focused businesses. So again, it's about starting to think about the decisions that you have that are within your control. So where are you spending money? How are you making decisions in those back end components of how your business actually operates and produces something? So that would be one example. I love that. I absolutely love that. And, you know, in previous discussions, and by the way, I just have to say this as an aside, you have a beautiful accent. (laughs) (laughs) That Australian is coming right on out. I'm loving it. Um, So, you know, we've also, we've had, we're both in the same sort of mentorship. So that's how we know each other. We go back a little ways. And we were had a recent discussion around, uh, you know, also how you can impact the lives of your employees. And it made me think of a, just a heartwarming text. I got one from one of my employees recently while she was on vacation where she was just sort of sharing with me how, you know, she's worked hard all her life. And even though she had run a successful business before working for me, she always had to go back and work. Like she never, this was the longest vacation she had ever taken in her life. This was the most sort of time off that she could take with herself to enjoy with her husband and her children and not feel like she had to rush back just because she needed to make more money. And she thanked me for that. 
And that was such a powerful and moving moment because I think oftentimes as entrepreneurs, we don't understand that what we're creating is not something that only can impact others external to our business. We can make a positive impact in the lives of our team members, of our employees, and we don't even realize how we might be able to improve their lives in in ways that we never even took under consideration before. Exactly. And I think that's a really good example of the fact I always say to people when you're running a business, your business is already having an impact. It just may not be a very good one, right? So if you're not conscious of these things, like it's happening, whether you want to admit it or not. But with your example related to your team, if you're not really thinking about the ways in which working for you is having a flow on impact in their life and their family's lives, then you're missing that opportunity to make sure it's a positive one. And here's the piece that connects to any way you do good inside a business. So whether it's that production focus that we just talked about, whether it's in this category of how you actually see a focus on your team being how you do good in the world, or whether it's one of the other main ways you can do good inside the business is through the way you serve a customer. But in any of these these approaches to business, we should always remember that if we come back to, you know, my big thing is always talking about both and, right? So don't pick either or, do both. So if we're trying to have an, an approach to business that, that looks at the world in that way, then what I'm not asking you to do is to say, oh, how do you make it so comfortable and lovely for your staff that, you know, it's going to cost you a fortune, you won't be able to possibly make any money in the business, but they will love you and their families will be really thankful. We're not trying to tilt too far in either direction. We're coming up with an approach that is appropriate for our business that allows us to do good and make money at the same time, unapologetic of both, right? So if that's the case, then it's just that extra step of us thinking about the fact your team member who was finally able to go on this amazing holiday, feel able to relax, the level of commitment that they will have to you and this job and the the way in which they will come back refreshed and able to serve your customers is going to drive revenue into your business, right? There is a direct connection between you creating this environment where your team feels supported and safe and have what they need and want to have a fulfilling career themselves and to set their family up. And they will now contribute to your business and your customers in ways that drive revenue. So we're wanting to create the win-win in in any of this, if as you start to be curious and kind of think about what this looks like for your business, if you find yourself starting to run too far in either one of those directions, you need to kind of just come back and go, okay, would, would doing this kind of good that I'm thinking about will it still stack up financially? Like, can I design it in a way that actually reinforces the financial stability of the organisation? And if you can't, like, again, don't just throw it out, but keep playing. So I would say this is all an experiment. It's all about understanding your business and the context and just starting to think differently about how you could operate as a business so that you can have that really strong sense of pride and comfort in what you are creating and that you know, as I step into those spaces and I become that millionaire or I become that seven-figure CEO, 
I am going to own that and wear that with pride because I know that in me becoming that, I have brought my team with me or I have created this incredible product that actually supports other um, communities of craftsmen or people making, you know, my products. So let's design businesses like that and then be unapologetic about the growth that comes with that. I love it. I mean, that to me is a win, win, win. I don't care how you look at it, right? So how can people find out more about you, get in touch with you, listen to you? I know you have your own podcast. I do. Yes. Um, In terms of the podcast, it's called Both And, like I mentioned before. So if you look up Both And with Bessie Graham and we can share the the link with you all, Um, but that would be the place to go. And otherwise, people can go to BessieGraham.com and have a read there and just get in contact with me directly through the website or through Instagram, which again is Bessie Graham. Awesome. Well, Bessie, thank you so much for joining us today. I cannot wait to see all the ripple effects of this interview because I am even more sort of motivated to look at more ways that I can make a positive impact on the world. And I am hoping that each and every listener here lets me know uh, how you're going to make a difference in the world based on the great insights that you learned today. So thanks for joining us. Thank you. So Bessie, I know particularly with Black entrepreneurs, we come, many of us come to entrepreneurship from a broader cultural understanding and background. And I guess kind of, what's the best way to put put this? Uh, we are a little sort of wary of, quote unquote, like the system. And, and, and we have such a long history of having the system, quite frankly, work against us. And so I think that might be one of the reasons why a lot of folk who maybe are considering entrepreneurship, maybe pull away from it. And maybe some entrepreneurs who are out here uh, running their businesses almost kind of stunt their own growth because they are, um, you know, afraid of going to that next level because in essence, they don't want to, we kind of touched on this a little bit before about, but be, be seen almost as a sellout in some way, shape or form. And so I think that for some of us, this idea of, Not only can we get to that next level, but should we get to that next level kind of holds us back um, because of that sense or the sense of other judgments that we might receive from other people in our community once we get there. So for us, sometimes it means that making those steps in this direction that not only would be powerful and profitable for our businesses, but also would put us in a place that's in line with our values of wanting to make that Uh, big impact on the world, Uh, we oftentimes don't know where to start, particularly if we don't necessarily have a boatload of, you know, capital right now, or our businesses aren't really where we want it to be right now. And I heard you say that it doesn't have to be, you don't have to wait until you have that mortgage paid off before you make a difference. If somebody were to make their, their first step in this direction, no matter where they are in their business, from the baby business all the way up to scaling level, what would you suggest would be the most important first thing that they should do uh, in order to be able to start very consciously moving their business in a direction of making good in the world, but also still making bank? Yeah, it's such an important one. And the honest answer is that at that level, in terms of how do we even begin this journey, I would say that it starts with a mindset. So it is about saying, you have to actually grapple with some of those very deep 
issues that you just spoke about. So the, if we come right back to that umbrella sense of a bunch of my work, which is focused on that, bringing back together doing good and making money. So we have either consciously or unconsciously been brought up in systems where we feel that these things are separate and that they are at odds with each other and you need to choose. So I, did you choose making money or did you choose doing good and, you know, never the two shall meet? The, the mindset shift is to say, no, I don't actually accept that. It's not the truth. And part of what I think is really important as we think about this, particularly from the point of view of, of what you spoke about with the, the way in which so often these systems are set up to keep those of us who are not in positions of power down there so that the status quo can remain, the, the thing that we have to become conscious of is power dynamics, right? So we have to look at a system and go, why am I being told that that's the case? Like, who does that serve? Who does that serve for me to believe that? And I'm actually not going to be controlled by that. And I think one of the most beautiful quotes that can help us when we're trying to shift those power dynamics and read the room and kind of go, hmm, okay, I'm going to show up differently here, is a Gloria Steinem quote where she spoke about if you are in a setting or in a room, a conversation where you have less power than those around you, you should speak as much as you listen. And if you have more power, you should listen as much as you speak, right? So it's this piece of start to tune in to what are the spaces you're operating in? And I think that for those people that you're working with who are in this entrepreneurial space, what you will find is that when you've always considered yourself the person who doesn't have the power and you've always been in situations where you have not had access, sometimes we're a bit slow to pick up on the fact that, oh, I've actually shifted into a different game now. I have influence. I do have a level of platform here. And so it's that whole dance to say there is real power and opportunity if we become conscious of that and start to say you can start to demonstrate and give people visibility of what's possible so that they don't struggle with the same things you did. Like there's all of this opportunity that comes when we shift that mindset, when we don't just accept blindly that, you know, we can't actually bring those worlds together. And when we start to say, what am I doing with the power I already have and how do I show up in a way that means that the next person who comes behind me will at least, if nothing else, they will have someone to look up to and watch and kind of go, ooh, how did you navigate that? And so I think that is where I would start for everyone is the mindset shift and the consciousness of power dynamics. I love that so much. And really this point, especially about recognizing your own power after you undergo a shift, that is such a powerful and sort of mind-blowing way of looking at it because it's so true. You know, I experienced something like that in a very different context many years ago. Um, I was at an organization doing a lot of media there representing the organization. And at the time, you know, I would always just sort of have the reporters refer to me or just even just refer to myself without my title, without doctor in front of my name. And I had a, a, a colleague who worked with me at the time and she was like, well, why don't you ever have the people, you know, introduce you as doctor? And I'm like, well, you know, it's not that important. You know, it's not. And she said, you don't know how many little black girls are out there seeing you and they want to see somebody who looks like them with doctor in front of their name. Mm -hmm. And ever since she told me that, 
I have always made it a habit. It always precedes my name, not because I'm stuck up on the fact that I have this degree, but I do it because I want the little girls out there who look like me know that it is accessible to them. And it was just as you mentioned, I had not realized that I had that power shift. And in fact, I was dimming that light because I didn't want to seem braggadocious. I didn't want to seem like I was different than everybody else. I'm not better than anyone else. And I'm no, I'm, I still don't believe I'm better than anyone else. I just wanted to, it really made me understand that when you show up in all of your power, you are in essence giving power to other people to show up in theirs. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Well, I'd have to tell you, thank you so much for sharing that. And that's an amazing nugget to end on today. Once again, if you could let us know how people can get in touch with you. Sure. So the best way, if you just want to learn a bit more and think about these things, I have a podcast called Both and with Bessie Graham. And otherwise, Instagram, you'll find me under Bessie Graham. And my website is BessieGraham.com. All right. Now, y'all go ahead and check Bessie out. And that's Bessie with an I on the end. And make sure that you spell it right now. Thank you so much, Bessie, for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Seven Figure Sister podcast. I hope you're leaving with a boatload of brand new nuggets that you're excited about implementing in your business right now. Why? Because nothing happens until you take action. Now, I'd love to hear your biggest takeaway from today's episode. So be sure to post the show on your Instagram stories and tag me at Dr. Ava's Mentoring. Also, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're at it, feel free to leave a review so others can get a sense of what it's like to join this game-changing sisterhood. Finally, if you'd like to learn more about working with me or want the resources from today's episode, visit us at dravismentoring.com. I'll catch you next time on the Seven Figure Sister podcast.